You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Visit our website and learn more about Harvest Partners at harvest.org. When I was running track and field many years ago, I always ran faster if a pretty girl was watching me. Some people wonder if those who've gone to heaven are watching us from the heavenly grandstands. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that question. Heavenly grandstands? Are they watching us? I can't say with any certainty, but I know one thing. Jesus Christ is watching us. And that should be the greatest motivation for running the race of life. This is the day when the lost are They say in any major city these days, there are cameras watching you as you walk, as you drive. Security cameras in front of a market or built into a nearby ATM. Maybe a webcam on the top of a building or someone's video doorbell. What about our friends and loved ones in heaven? Are they watching what's going on here on earth? Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that question and several others today on A New Beginning as he presents a glimpse of life inside our eternal home. The title is Let's Talk About Heaven, Part 2. And we're in Revelation chapter 6. Let's answer some often asked questions about the afterlife. Number one, what will we do in heaven? I think some people think heaven's going to be super boring. Well, we know we will be worshiping. And that's, of course, why I exist, to bring glory to God. But uh, Revelation 15 says, I saw a glass sea mixed with fire and there stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast, that would be the Antichrist and his image and the number representing his name. They were holding harps, so there are harps in heaven, that God had given them and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God and the song of the Lamb. So there will be singing in heaven and I think one of the reasons for the unbridled worship in heaven is because now we know all things All of our questions are answered. All of our pain is removed. All of our tears are dry. But here's something else you're gonna do in heaven. I guarantee this. You're gonna be eating amazing food in heaven. Come on, you want that, don't you? Say, well, where do you get that? From the Bible, the only authoritative source on heaven. Revelation 19, 19, then the angel said, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper. And not only will you have that meal, but you'll be with people. The whole thing about having a nice meal is having it with someone you like to be with, right? Being with friends and family, enjoying a meal together. Well, check this out. You're gonna have some pretty amazing company. Matthew 8, 11 says, and that day comes, you will take your place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. How's that for starters? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to have a meal with. Think about meeting people of the Bible. Asking David, what was it like to slay Goliath? You know, Noah, so how did that work being in that ark all that time? Or, 
or a Moses, when you parted the Red Sea, give me some details about it. Esther, what was it like to save the entire Jewish race? Deborah, what was it like to lead all those people into battle? Hey, Mary, Mary, what was it like to carry Jesus in your womb and later have him in your heart? You know, I mean, don't you want to ask those questions? I do, because when I'm around godly people, I want details. I want information. I want to learn from them. And you'll have access to all these great men and women of God from the Bible who've gone before us to meet the Lord. And uh, But of course it's being reunited with loved ones that we miss. How many of you have someone that was very close to you who has gone to heaven? Right now you have someone. In, uh, that's pretty much everybody. So you think about those people, don't you? And you think about being with them. Because one of the hardest things about death is communication is cut off immediately. And you want to communicate with them. And it's so hard when you can't. So that brings me to the next issue. And this is a big one. And that of course is do people in heaven know what's going on on earth? Now my answer is going to surprise some people. Because I've heard others give a different answer than the one I'm going to give to you. Do people in heaven know what is going on with us on earth? My answer, simplified is, maybe. Okay, maybe. And I might even take it a step further and say, quite possibly. Because some would say no. The, the kind of default answer of many is, no, they're in heaven, they're worshiping God, they don't know about you, they don't care about you. Uh, they're preoccupied with Jesus. Well, I think there are some scriptures that would suggest a different approach to that. And I'll share a few of them and then we'll close. Uh, number one, people in eternity are aware of the fact that their loved ones are not saved. You say, well, how do you know that? Because over in Luke 16, and we'll get into this more next time, is the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Not the Lazarus Jesus raised from the dead, another Lazarus. They both died. Lazarus was a godly man. The rich man was an ungodly man. So they both entered into eternity. Lazarus went to the place of comfort with Abraham. And the rich man, the sinful man, was separated in a place of torment. But that man was conscious of those he left behind. And he says in Luke 16, 28, I have five brothers and I want to warn them about this place of torment so they won't come here when they die. That indicates a knowledge in eternity of what is happening on earth. Because sometimes people say, you don't know anything. Well, that guy knew. Hey, I have brothers. I want to go warn my brothers. I don't want them to end up here. So there's a knowledge in eternity of what's happening on earth. Number two, when people believe in Jesus on earth, it's public knowledge in heaven. I was uh, doing a crusade once. I think it was San Jose. And uh, I went to bed. And the next day our crusade was going to start. And I heard some noise in the room next to me. little music. Then it got louder. And then it got louder. And then it was like so loud it was insane. It was like the wall was thumping. And I thought, okay, this, this, I, I can't sleep next to this. So I called down to the front desk. There's something really noisy going on in the room next to me. And so they, you know, I didn't want them to rat me out, you know, that I'm the guy, but I watched my little peephole, okay? 
So they sent security up. Some guy was having some kind of a bachelor party. He brought a DJ in with a sound system. And I, I watched the people the whole time. Uh, I think there were like 30 people in this room. They're taking out giant speakers, lights, and all. I'm thinking, no wonder it was so loud. So my point is, if there's a party happening in a room next door to you, you'll hear it. So if there's a party in heaven, you'll know about it. So in Luke chapter 15, Jesus talked about a shepherd who lost his sheep, a woman who lost a coin, and a father who was reunited with his son. So talking about this shepherd that lost his sheep, he left his 99, found his lost sheep, wrapped it around his neck, brought it back, happy he found that little lamb. And then Jesus says, and I tell you, there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 people who don't need to repent. Then Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son and how that boy came back to his father again. And then he says, likewise, I tell you, there's more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now we read that and think, well, that means the angels rejoice every time a sinner repents. Yeah, they probably do. But Jesus did not say there's joy among the angels. Rather, he said that when a sinner repents, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God. So I think they're rejoicing too, but maybe we're rejoicing. Maybe in heaven you're aware that someone you had prayed for for your entire life on earth just came to Christ. And you're aware of their salvation and you're giving God glory for that. So there is an awareness in heaven of what is happening on earth. Then Revelation 6, the chapter I had you turn to like a year ago. Um, we read in verse 9, this is a scene from heaven. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful for their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to the world and avenge our blood for what they've done to us? And it was said that they should rest a little while longer. So here are people who are martyred for their faith. These are not angels. These are mere mortals like us. They've been put to death for their faith in Jesus. They're in heaven. And they knew they were put to death for following Jesus, demonstrating a direct continuity between our identity on earth and our identity in heaven. They were the same people. They're not different people. They're aware of what has happened to them. They're also aware of the passing of time on earth. They say in verse 10, how long until you judge and avenge our blood? So the idea is they know something is wrong and they want it made right. Again, my point is people in heaven are aware of what's happening on earth. So when people say they don't know anything up there, well, actually, I beg to differ. I think they may. They may know more than we think they know. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. It's such a blessing to hear from listeners who take time to express their appreciation. Pastor Greg, I just wanted to thank you for your daily devotionals and also for your sermons. I especially liked your series on heaven and what to expect when we get there. 
It's helped me accept my husband's death much easier knowing that for the year and a half of him being in the hospital, suffering complications from a liver transplant and him not being able to eat any food, now that he's in heaven, he can eat anything he wants to. That somehow gave me great comfort in knowing this. Since my faith is in the Lord and Savior, I know that he's not suffering any longer and I will see him again someday. But also learning of things that we can expect in heaven from your message just brought me a little more comfort in this very difficult time right now. Thank you so much for being a vessel for God. If you have a story to share, why not call us and give us all the details? Here's the number, one 866 Well, Pastor Greg continues now with one of the most requested messages of the past year. It's called Let's Talk About Heaven, Part 2. Hebrews 12, a very familiar verse. It says, Since you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us and Run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is set down on the right hand of God. Now, remember I told you recently, whenever you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for, right? So whoever wrote Hebrews, and we don't know who wrote it. It may have been Paul. We don't know. But the author of Hebrews says, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Okay, he's drawing in what was said. What did he just say? Hebrews 11, he told us all about the heroes of the faith. We call Hebrews 11 the uh, heroes of the faith, the hall of faith. And these are great men and women of God that were used very powerfully. Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Gideon, Samson, David, Rahab, Daniel, the list goes on. And now it starts, therefore. So here's the thing I'm wondering. Is this telling us that they're watching us from heaven? Therefore, since you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, run the race that is set before you. Heavenly grandstands? You know, when I was running track and field many years ago, I always ran faster if a pretty girl was watching me. (laughs) I noticed this. It was just drudgery running. All of a sudden I saw a cute girl. I'm running faster. Come on. And you know, when someone's watching you that you love, like when we go to the soccer game of one of our grandchildren, they, they score a goal or they do something, they look over to see if we're watching. You know, they want to be watched. And so are we being watched? I don't know. Uh, it may be that they're just giving us an example. They went before us. They showed us how to do it. So we admire that example. Are they watching us? I can't say with any certainty. But I know one thing. Jesus Christ is watching us. And that should be the greatest motivation for running the race of life. He's cheering you on. You know, I've heard it said we use 5% of our brain capacity. Can you imagine? 5%. I don't even know if some people use all 5%. (laughs) I may be one of them. So presumably in heaven we'll get the other 95% of our brain given to us and probably a lot more. You know, the thing about heaven, when you get there, it's not like, I don't think you'll know everything. There are many verses that would imply you'll learn things in heaven. 
Things will be revealed to you in heaven. Otherwise you'd be like one of those bobbleheads. You know those bobbleheads has big giant head, little tiny body. So you know you're going to learn. You're going to know a lot more the moment you get there. But I think you'll learn new things about the glory of God. Learn new things about God's creation. Learn new things about the mysteries of God. Learn new things about all kinds of things. So you're going to be learning in heaven. You're going to be worshiping in heaven. You're going to be eating in heaven. The Bible says you'll be serving in heaven. You'll be serving the Lord. The Bible says we serve the Lord day and night. So this idea of being bored in heaven, forget about it. It's going to be nonstop action and beauty and splendor and knowledge. But best of all, it'll be nonstop Jesus. And you'll see your loved ones again. You'll be reunited with those that have gone to heaven before you. And what a day that will be. I'm looking forward to that especially with my son and other members of my family. So I think deep down inside we're homesick for a place we've never been before. It's like that line of Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. And that home is heaven for each of us one day. Heaven is your home. A place, a paradise, a city, a country. So how can I know that I am going to heaven? Let's go back to John 14 that I quoted and I'll close with this. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. And good old Thomas said, Excuse me, uh, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. I'm so glad he asked that question. Because I think a lot of times Jesus would say something and all the other disciples would nod in unison. That is so good. That is so deep. I'm tweeting that later. But I think Thomas was honest. Like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. What do you even mean when you say, where you go we know and the way we know. We don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes of the Father but by me. Excellent question, Thomas, giving us this signature statement of Christ. To say you believe in heaven, but then not read what the Bible has to say about it, would be like saying, well, I believe in Disneyland, but I do not believe that the location is accurate. So I'm gonna go to where I think Disneyland is, and I will enter the way that I want to enter Disneyland. Okay, whatever. So you're going to end up in some lame putt-putt golf course with one broken ride. I don't know. But if you happen to make it to the Magic Kingdom, you got to go in the Disney way or you don't go in at all. Uh, if you try to just walk in, of course, you'll be stopped, arrested by the Disney police. You'll be put in Disney jail. And, and I don't know what happens after that. But... Um, you want to get into Disneyland, you pay the price of, what is it, $2,000 for a day. And that's just the food. But whatever it is, you pay the price. And they stamp your hand. And now you can go in the park and out of the park and back in the park again and all that. You have to pay the price. Well, look, you can't afford the price to heaven, but it was paid for you 2,000 years ago by Jesus on the cross. Remember I told you, heaven is not for good people because you're not good enough to get there. But heaven is for forgiven people. So the real question is, are you forgiven? 
Have you said to God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. But you've offered me this wonderful promise that I can go there someday. And I want to. So I want to believe in you. And that's really what it comes down to. You have to admit your sin. Believe Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Turn from that sin. Ask God to forgive you of that sin. And begin to follow Christ. When you do that, you can know with certainty you'll go to heaven. I'm going to heaven when I die. I guarantee it. Well, how do you know? Because God promised that I would go there. And I'm taking them on that promise. I'm standing on that promise. And I know many of you believe it as well. I want to make sure everybody here and everybody wherever you are, I want you to know this. And he's just a prayer away. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask God to forgive you of your sin so you can know that you know that you know you're going. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for your promise to us of heaven, how amazing it is. And we want to all go there one day. We want to see you, Lord. We want to see this paradise, this place, this city, this country, this place that exceeds our wildest dreams. And I pray for anybody here or anybody listening, wherever they are, if they don't have the hope of heaven, help them to come to you and believe in you right now. Right now. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would like to help you with that. And he'll do so before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. And then we want to make available a wonderful book for kids. It's a devotional book. And boy, what a great time to give your child a devotional book so they can start this new year off right. It's the colorful book from Pastor Levi Lusco called Roar Like a Lion. Uh, Pastor Levi, what should parents know about how kids are coping with life as we begin 2022? Are they navigating this crazy time better than we think or worse than we think? I think the answer to that question is yes, Dave. I think it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Uh, um, I think on one level, the, the the studies are in. Anxiety, depression, suicide, hopelessness, drug addiction, these things are skyrocketing. But I don't think it's just because of COVID. I think it's the perfect storm of a, of a, of a society that's continuing to hasten towards uh, a state of secularism. I think it's also uh, the social media addiction, as well as the fact that, you know, People are not outside walking around getting na- the nature fix like we're meant to. Everyone's inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a toxicity to social media, being on devices, binge-watching Netflix. People are reading less, which is one of the things that's so important is just reading to our kids, our kids reading. Um, people are reading, um, are reading less. They're just skimming you know, the internet. And, and so, yes, it's the, it's the worst of times on that level. What would we expect uh, out, of, out of, of you know people being isolated, which we know is as bad as— it's as bad for your body as smoking a pack of cigarettes mm. to live an isolated life, like to a week of isolation without friendship. That's just sociologists have proven that. But I think also it's the best of times too, because 
what do we call the greatest generation? This is a generation that came out of the Great Depression. So the hardest times can create the best people. Yes. So I see glimmers of that. I believe God is raising up a generation of young people to seek him, to glorify him, and to stand up in this world and, and, and bring him the majesty he's, he deserves. Uh, but it's, it's, both, it's both and at the same time. So you've been listening to Pastor Levi Lasko, who has just written a brand new book called Roar Like a Lion, 90 Devotions to a Courageous Faith. This is the book you've been looking for to read to your children and your grandchildren. And we'll rush you your own copy for your gift of any size to us here at A New Beginning so we can continue to come your way with the teaching of the Word of God and the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's the perfect time to maximize your investment in the work we do here at Harvest Ministries. And we have huge plans for 2022, including a large crusade outreach and a film documenting the Jesus Revolution. We're praying God sends another revival like the Jesus Movement. So your donation couldn't come at a better time. And with your investment, be sure to ask for Roar Like a Lion by Pastor Levi Lusco. You can donate online at harvest.org or write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call 1-800-821-3300. We can take your call anytime, again at 1-800-821-3300. Well, Pastor Greg, you spoke today about having a relationship with the Lord. Yes. Someone can enter into that kind of relationship with God right now, can't they? Yeah, they really can. That's the amazing thing. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. And I turn from it now. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward. As Savior and Lord. As God and friend. Thank you for loving me. And calling me. And forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And listen, if you have just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible tells us Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd like to send you some materials to help you begin to live this new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it, and we'll send it your way free of any charge if you prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Call us at 1-800-821-3300. We can take your call anytime at 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or just go to harvest.org and click the words, Know God. Well, next time, Pastor Greg offers some help when the burdens of life begin piling up. Just like when the trash can is overflowing, it's time to take out the trash. We'll learn how to do that next time. 
Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. New Beginning is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. If this show has impacted your life, share your story, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and help others find hope.